Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. Reese Davis is the host of ESPN's Game Day on both the football and basketball side. He joins us now on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. What is up, Reese? How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic. Thanks a lot. Uh, Let's start with where you were last Saturday, Neville Arena. Your colleague Jay Billis came on with us uh, before your guys' show there. And uh, he told us, and this is high praise coming from Jay, it was like, you know, in a lot of ways it's louder than Cameron Indoor. And that's a place where Jay has spent a lot of time is Cameron Indoor. Kentucky handled it well, but uh, Neville Arena has gotten a reputation as one of the most difficult places in America to play. There's no question about it. It's a great atmosphere for basketball, the job that Bruce has done, not only from building a team, which you knew he could do, but he's such a dynamic, charismatic personality that he has generated some sustained enthusiasm for Auburn basketball. And they pride themselves on making it a difficult place to play. They stay behind their team. And it is a, a tremendous environment. I mean, who would have thought this is our 20th season on the road? Who would have thought that for four consecutive seasons, um, omitting the year, you know, that we couldn't travel because of uh, the restrictions and so forth, um, that we would have been at Auburn four straight years or four straight seasons when we're traveling. And that's just a, a testament, I think, to the job that they've done, the excellent program they've built. And they've, you know, they didn't they didn't play their best on Saturday night, but Kentucky had a ton to do with that. Kentucky did play close to its best, and I'm, they're not even full strength yet. So uh, those were two really good teams, and you know Auburn's got a lot to look forward to, I think, with the rest of the regular season and certainly into the NCAA tournament. You know, Reese, we've talked about this before. When, when Wimp and Sonny were Alabama and Auburn's head coaches, I mean, basketball was great, but we've never seen kind of a moment in time you're getting right now with Bruce and Nate. But if I asked you the difficult question, question obviously these teams split in the regular season this year who is the best team in the state right now i I don't know i mean i would love (laughs) to answer that question but i don't know the answer to it alabama is better offensively and auburn is better defensively so i think it's just a matter of how the game is played and who can sort of impose their will on the other there are a few teams if any in the country that are better than alabama offensively but you know they have some issues rebounding and and defending at the rim Uh, Auburn uh, is is certainly, I mean, the numbers say that they are an efficient offensive team, and they are, but they can get stuck. Uh, But they play really hard. Uh, They rebound and defend, and they make things difficult on opposing offenses. That's why I was so impressed with what Kentucky did. So I don't know that you can say, uh, you know, they each won on their home court. You know, certainly Auburn floored away at home, and that's an advantage in their column. But, you know, we'll see, you know, if they were to meet again, uh, maybe the rubber match will determine that if they were to meet in the SEC or, or even the NCAA tournament. Reese Davis is with us, College Game Day. I will point out Reese does not select these sites for College Game Day because people are wanting us to ask Reese if they will be in Tuscaloosa for the Alabama-Tennessee game. Uh, I, I have I have some say in okay. it, though. I don't want to sell myself short. I have some say. <laughs> more, you're, you're more, sure. To be honest, so, yeah, to be honest, a little more so, and not that we decide. Ultimately, it's a collective decision. But ultimately, I think that some of the input is a little stronger in football, just to be honest, because yeah. the regular season in basketball is a different animal. But, you know, we're stepping outside the norm this week by going to UConn, which is not a game that's on the ESPN platforms. Um, I certainly can't say we haven't made a final decision, but I would say that um, – 
I would say that a trip to Tuscaloosa is something that's certainly attractive and very high on the board at this point. So um, I would, you know, I, I would, I can't say, but I would just encourage people, you know, not to uh, not to book their calendars too early on Saturday prior to the game. It leaves some room for perhaps a, a really nice event that might unfold there should certain things fall a certain way. Wow. Is that, is, that veil, is that veiled enough for yeah. you? Yeah, I, a little I, bait in the water right there. Yeah, I do yeah. feel like you guys will be in Tuscaloosa for that game. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I did not say that, but I didn't say that. <laughs> so last year we obviously had San Diego State, Florida Atlantic in the Final Four, but going, you know, going into last night people are like, UConn is repeating. This is going to be the first repeat champion since we saw Florida in the mid-2000s. And they get walked off the court last night by a Creighton team that just could not miss beyond the arc. Uh, Does this seem like, although you've got these top-heavy teams like Purdue and Houston and UConn and Arizona, does it seem like a year going into this tournament where, realistically, 15 to 20 teams could be Final Four and 10 to 12 could win this thing? Uh Yes, sort of, but I'm of the opinion, and I watched, I watched the game last night, and basketball teams are going to lose, particularly against a really good team who played really well in an extraordinarily hostile environment. That's one of the great arenas uh, that you'll see. I haven't had a chance to be there in person before. I would love to go to Creighton. I've watched tons on television, and it is always dynamic. I'm not bothered in the least that UConn lost last night. UConn's the best team. Uh, everybody talks about UConn and Purdue being a cut above everybody. UConn's a cut above Purdue, in my judgment. And they're, and they're a cut above that group of Houston, uh, Purdue, and Arizona. And maybe Tennessee works its way in there. Maybe somebody else as well. I think UConn's the best team. And if you know, not that I'm a gambling man, and anybody can lose. Anybody can step on a rake and hit themselves in the face, particularly in, in the NCAA tournament. We've seen it time and time again. But... I'd pick UConn to win the national championship right now. They've got a better team. They've got a more versatile team. They've got something. Uh, they've got something for everybody. They've got, they've got you know uh, a seven-two giant from Bristol protecting the middle. They've got Newton. They've got Spencer. They've got Caravan. I mean, they just got. I, they they have to help you. I mean, they didn't play their best last night. So if you're going to beat UConn, they've got to help you a little bit. So uh, I still believe UConn is the prohibitive favorite. But I would agree with your premise that nobody's unbeatable, even UConn. But I would say beyond that, your numbers are about right because it's going to it's going to be how the game's played. Are you hot that night? Do you get the wrong guy in foul trouble? Does the wrong guy twist his ankle at the wrong time? You know, there there's a lot of uh, I hate to use the word parity, but there there are there's a lot of similarity among all of that. You know. 12 to 15, 16 teams below UConn, in my judgment. And UConn is a cut above, but not so far and away ahead of everyone that they're invincible. Reese Davis with us on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. Is, is this Purdue team, do we make too much of the fact that they have been an earlier than expected exit in the NCAA? Or is that a real thing? And is this team built differently to avoid that? Well, Billis and I disagree on this because he rolls his eyes at me. I've got to see it. I, 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 I agree, it yeah. Because I believe I believe they're excellent. And I love Painter and, and had a chance to call a couple of their games a couple of years back before um, you know, before we didn't have a contract with the Big Ten. I, I'm very fond of, of Matt and the program. I think they're an excellent program. But I believe in, in 
I guess, institutional culture. And while they have a great culture of basketball, like a tremendous one, when you have had the number of high-profile failures on that stage that they have had, I think it creeps into your subconscious. So how do you exercise that demon? You continue to win, and you answer a challenge against a good team. You know, if they get challenged by a 16 or a 9 in the second round, and they fight it off and win, I don't believe that exercise is the demon. But you let them get a really good 4, you know, if somebody that said, hey, that's a force, like UConn was last year, you get a really good team, they get challenged and they answer it, or they blow them out, that type of thing can get you over the hump. So I believe Purdue needs something mentally that happened on the court that they can't prepare for, that they just have to execute when the time comes. If they can get over that mental hump, they're certainly good enough to win it. But that mental hump has been so extraordinary for a multitude of seasons. I believe there's something to it. And, you know, a lot of people scoff at that, but I, I believe in that. And I think they have to get past. You know, from your days as an undergrad in Tuscaloosa, you always wanted to do what you're doing right now. I'm sure there are days you wake up and your career's surreal. You've got a new colleague in Nick Saban. Did you ever imagine a day when you were covering Nick Saban <laughs> that you would be sitting beside him on campus every Saturday throughout the fall? I mean, what's this going to be like for you? I, I'm really looking forward to it because, as you guys know better than anyone, seeing him you know, virtually every day for the last 17 years, he not only is the greatest coach in the history of college football he is an extraordinarily gifted communicator whether that's sitting on a a panel with us if you want to call that a group a desk whether that is you know delivering a speech to a group of business leaders whether that is sitting down for a one-on-one interview he is a a remarkably gifted communicator he's also a guy who wants to excel at everything he does so i think he's going to be he's already proven to be and the various uh, times that we've had him on during uh, the rare playoff occasions when they haven't been in it. He's shown himself to be very good at television. He's going to be, he's going to be awesome. I, I I guess I hope it's okay with him that I share this Uh, a couple of years ago. You know, this has come up from time to time. It's been in books. It's been out there. People know that he has thought about this idea from time to time. And at the risk of, of making your Auburn audience upset, I said to him, uh, at one point, I said, the alumnus in me would prefer that you coach at Alabama forever. I said, but the college game day host in me uh, prefers that you join our show yesterday um, <laughs> because I think he could add that much to it. So, I, you know, I, you know, I said to him, if, if and when the time comes, I'm always available to you to, you know, to help with that transition if I can be of help. And so I'm really excited about him coming aboard because I think it gives the show yet another layer that um, that will be really, really beneficial to it. And he's you know, he's already preparing for the NFL draft uh, like like you would expect Nick Saban to prepare. And then we look forward certainly to getting him out on the road. It's just going to it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. But to answer your question, did I expect it a few years ago? I thought it was going to happen. It didn't. And it. I, I guess it was a couple of years ago I decided, well, you know what? He just he can't give it up and I respect that and you know and good for him. So it did actually surprise me uh when he made the decision to to join us and not to join us after he retired, when he made the decision to retire. 
uh, that surprised me. So I'm I'm really looking forward to having him, and I think it's going to be great for the show. We're we're already putting you in Tuscaloosa next Saturday. I'll put you in Tuscaloosa again September 28th. That's I didn't it. say that. I, know, I, I, I said we are. That. I said we are, not Reese. We are. Oh, okay. uh, uh, but Saturday, September 28th, I got a feeling you might be there again with Alabama <laughs> and Georgia. That's going to be a wild scene, though, with him on set back in Tuscaloosa with all, you know, his trusted former assistant against his replacement. I mean, that, that, that'll be an interesting situation for him, I would imagine. There will be storylines that I'm sure that there will be for a guy who really handles his emotions probably better than, than, than virtually any coach you've seen in the public eye. Um, I'm sure that will be difficult for him or won't be easy. It will probably, there will probably also be an aspect to it that's somewhat gratifying because I'm sure he will get a raucous welcome, uh, from that. So it'll, you know, there will be some firsts along the way for him that will be unusual. I noticed he had a, um, a meeting with some people in the media the other day where he mentioned the idea of picking games. Yeah. That's something that, that's something that is different. For him, and uh, you know, I think uh, hopefully he'll he'll come to get comfortable with that because hey, he won't be the first guy. There were a lot of guys, even that weren't former coaches, that I've worked with, uh, former players and just analysts who who used to recoil a little bit about picking games as if it were personal. And I know that look, coaches use it, but I mean, it, it, look, it's part of the deal. It's part of the fun, right? I mean, this is supposed to be fun, and you know, it's not the end of the world if you miss one. And, you know, if you go with a gut feeling and you're wrong, it's okay. Or if you go with a purely technical breakdown and you're wrong, it happens. You know, so I'm, I'm, I think you'll get comfortable with that as time goes along. But that is certainly a change for, I think, any coach who makes makes the move into a show like ours. So you facilitate the picks. I mean, you don't necessarily make picks, but how often do, do Desmond and Herbie and McAfee and, and Coach hear back from a – like next time you're in town, like, I know you guys pick against me. I mean, do you all hear a lot of that? Are you kidding? I mean, all the time. I mean, it's like you do. It's like uh, it's like you do all of these great features. You do all of these great breakdowns. You do you know all of this insightful analysis. You spend hours on the tape, and you say, you know what? I, I got a, I, you know, I, I got a, I got a gut feeling. Old Sparty is going to get them today. And then they get beat, you know, forty-two to seven. And then whoever you picked against them, hey, you guys picked against us. You beat us. You know, I mean, it's. Uh, you know, it's a, it can be frustrating until you just realize, you know what, the uh, unadulterated passion that fans have for their teams and they want you to feel about their team the way they feel about their team, that's what makes it fun. So you kind of – some of the stuff when they start yelling at you about, about that or hitting you on, you know, various social media platforms, you let it roll, man. You know, it's um, – it's it's not a big deal. Hey, wrapping up here, Reese. Uh, when the announcement was you know made that Nick Saban was shutting it down and he was leaving, there were some of us on the show that were like, Kalen DeBoer is a home run guy. This is the guy Greg Byrne needs mm-hmm. to go after. They ultimately hire Kalen DeBoer, and you get a lot of the fan bases, which you're going to get this, like this guy doesn't know the South. You get some reservation from Alabama fans. We don't know exactly who this guy is. You've been around Kalen DeBoer. You guys were in Seattle this year. What are they getting mm-hmm. with Kalen DeBoer? They're getting a, a guy who's just flat one everywhere he's been, a guy who is uh, personable and at least in my – and I, I've just gotten to know Kalen a little bit you know, over the past season with Washington – being at the forefront, and as you mentioned, uh, our trip to Seattle. He's a guy who um, who relates to people easily. 
He's a guy who builds a great deal of loyalty among his players and I think in turn with the fan base. So uh, it'll take some time. And it is true that he hasn't been in the South. But no one is ever going to live up to what Nick Saban established, no matter who you are. Um, especially when you consider where Alabama was when he came in and took it over. But if you're going to find the next coach after Nick Saban, why in the world would you not get a guy that's 104 and 12 or whatever <laughs> he is with three national championships and in two years took Washington to the national championship game? And while I think Michigan was clearly the better team, maybe a couple balls here and there bounce a different way. Maybe they're right in that game till the end. So I don't think you could have found a better resume uh, to step in there. And also, I think the number one thing you would want in that situation is you want a guy who embraces it and doesn't shy away from it and is not intimidated uh, by the standard that has been set. And I think Kalen epitomizes all of that beautifully. So I, I think they're in really good hands. There's no guarantee with any coach. Heck, I remember a lot of people in our business, you know, saying Nick Saban would be there three years and back to the NFL or he's going to Texas or Alabama was never going to be what it was and their fans were delusional and all of these people who said that a whole lot who are still on uh, various airwaves talking. Uh, well, you know, they were wrong. <laughs> so, you know, you never you never know how things are going to go. And certainly there's no guarantee that Kalen is going to be wildly successful. But if I were uh, to bet one way or the other, I would bet that he is going to be wildly successful because his track record indicates that he always has been. And there's not much reason to think things would change when he's at a place with even greater resources than any place he's ever been. All right, see Reese and the crew Saturday morning from Stores, Connecticut, Villanova, Yukon. The uh, Huskies coming off the loss last night to Creighton. And then we'll see. Where they are on the 2nd, March 2nd. It'll be a great mystery. Reese and the gang will unveil it at some point. Reese, thank you very much for the time. Always great talking with you. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. Take care. Reese with us on the Johnston RVCenter.com. Hotline.